0: When it seems like there are no answers to your problems or that everyone has done all of your ideas, you're likely not embracing your creative thinking process. The best ideas don't come from cognitive processing alone, usually. Typically, your creative process actually includes a discontinuous jump, if you will. So when someone asks you, How did you come up with that great idea? your answer is, I don't know. It it literally just came to me while I was in the shower, driving, taking care of my kids, whatever it was. So let's explore how you can optimize this creative process for you and for your business. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Defiant Business Podcast, and I'm your host, Ruthie Bowles, founder of Defy the Status Quo, a branding and marketing consultancy. This podcast is for the business owners and professionals who have seen the status quo in their industry and are ready to do things differently. We're here for the contrarians, mavericks, and rebels. On the Defiant Business Podcast, we'll talk about marketing, sales, client and customer experiences, finances, and amazing entrepreneur journeys that show that none of us are alone. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm your host, Ruthie, and the founder of Defy the Status Quo, a branding and marketing consultancy focused on working with soul-driven business owners whose businesses are a part of their higher calling and a way for them to enact their purpose in the world. So today we're going to talk about maximizing your creativity uh, in your business and... (laughs) to do that, you're going to have to bear with me because we got to rewind a little bit and go, well, I guess not rewind for you, but rewind for me a little bit and kind of review some of the things that led me to this topic, primarily quantum physics as it happens. Because in order to understand creativity, at least the way that I'm going to you know, offer it to you here, we got to take a look at quantum physics as rooted in the primacy of consciousness. So, the most of the quantum physics material out there focuses on a science rooted in matter, a science rooted in materialism. But when you look at science rooted in consciousness, the paradoxes present in quantum physics go away. Now, those paradoxes aren't the purpose of this episode, so I'm not going to go into them here, but it is incredibly fascinating work if you are interested in consciousness and how it connects to each and every single one of us and our realities. So I definitely recommend the works of Dr. Amit Goswami to you. He either has been or very shortly will be a guest on the Defiant Business podcast. I'm not quite sure when his interviews will be published, but that would be uh, definitely where I would recommend you go because it's one of the main places I've gone for this information. So when we talk about quantum physics. we often think of it as like micro level types of stuff, but it actually explains things like manifestation and why that works. so if you if you've manifested things in your life, then, you know, looking at quantum physics as rooted in the primacy of consciousness would also be very interesting for you. Um, one of the common references in quantum physics, though, is the wave particle question. Like, are thing is something a wave or is it a particle? And they've done a lot of experiments around this particular reference. And the answer, and this is what makes quantum physics weird and interesting, is that the answer is that it's both. It's both a wave and a particle. The trick is though that it's not both in the realm of time and space. And you're like Ruthie, what the what what the hell did you just say? Okay. So the way that we experience the world, this is like we're taking you back to high school and college right now, but Newtonian physics, Sir Isaac Newton, right? Apple hit the guy in the head type of deal. That's how we tend to experience life. Newtonian physics, for the most part, fits within quantum physics as we you know examine our world and how things work. Sir Isaac Newton wanted to create a physics that showed the world as basically a well-oiled machine with these inviolable laws that, that that's just the way that the world worked. And quantum physics shows that that's actually not the case. So there's actually two realms that we have to consider here. The one that Sir Isaac Newton really focused on, not that he knew it, was the realm of actuality, and that's what we perceive as objective reality. I'm not going to go into strong objectivity or weak objectivity with you right now, but that's the one that we uh, observe as like our objective reality, the one that we're all engaged in, all plugged into. Ooh, matrix reference, sorry. But the other one I want to talk to you about, and this is very key, I mean, they're both very key for your understanding of creativity, but the other realm that you may not have known about was the realm of potentiality, okay? So the realm of potentiality is where all possibilities exist outside of our realm of actuality, outside of the realm of space and time. So there is no time here. There is no space here. So everything exists simultaneously. Anything that ever is, ever was, ever will be is existing simultaneously here. And I asked a question on Facebook not too long ago, maybe about a month or two ago, and I... I kind of posited this, but, you know, knowing that, knowing that there's a realm where everything that ever is, has and will be ex- like existing is true, then how can you say that anything is impossible? Because that just means if you can conceive of it, then at some point along some possible future path, it it's possible. So that means nothing's impossible, but we may not have the technology for it. We may not have, maybe the person hasn't conceived of the mechanism that would make such an idea work, X, Y, Z. So we could have a whole series of podcast episodes on just that. DM me if you want me to, to take a stab at it. I certainly will. But I am looking forward to interviewing Dr. Goswami. I'm supposed to do that this week as I, you know, this week in terms of when I've recorded this particular episode. But how does this relate to creativity? How does this relate to creativity? Dr. Goswami actually has a book called Quantum Creativity, and he talks about the quantum nature of creativity in a lot of his books. So I definitely recommend that you take a look at that. We're going to briefly examine the creative process through the quantum perspective as introduced by him. So there are four phases of the creative process or like creative thinking, problem solving, whatever you want to call it and these four phases are actually widely recognized just in general like you could type in google the four phases of the creative process or something and you'll get a ton of material but not all of it probably not most of it examines it in quite this way so the four phases so in this case like there's the four eyes of creativity but then there's i'm going to give you some of the other phase names as well so the four eyes of creativity like the letter i is information incubation Illumination implementation. So we're gonna start with the first one, which is information, also called preparation, which I also like. I'm I'm torn because I like that it's the four eyes, but I don't necessarily like the words. (laughs) Like information, I think is a good one, but also called preparation. And this is the phase where you just consume all of the information that you can, you just can't get enough of it. Maybe you feel ravenous for information and and you're reading the blogs and watching the videos and looking up all the podcasts. Maybe you're even buying courses and and you just are, are just trolling through the Amazon Kindle store, buying up everything that you can possibly get your hands on, audiobooks, all of it, all of it, all of it. And perfectionists can get stuck in this stage. Perfectionists can get stuck in this stage. So if you're a perfectionist, self-identified, or maybe somebody else has identified you, take note. You can get stuck in the information phase because you feel like you just need a bit more in order for everything to be perfect and you'll never get started. So be careful. But this phase is meant to help you expand possibilities in the realm of potentiality. So your unconscious mind Consumes all of that information right with your cognitive brain, your conscious brain, right? The one that you feel where your like ego and personality are seated. Your unconscious mind, though, is doing the work. It's like churning things and putting them together and, you know, mixing weird stuff like pickles and chocolate and whatever, right? And that's necessary, but you do some of your best unconscious processing when you move into phase two, which is the incubation process the incubation phase of the creative thinking process so this is when you need to relax and you just like let the unconscious mind process things so that means you're not actively focusing on whatever it is that you were researching before and you know go 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 people struggle with this people who are like i gotta do this i gotta do that okay i planned out this hour this hour this hour okay and then this hour we're gonna split it into two half hours and this is exactly what i'm gonna do people like this like we if you can't slow down you will struggle with the incubation phase so it's a great time for new experiences, you know, going to an art gallery or like an art show, doing something new that's physical, paddleboarding, kayaking, something like that. Just get out there, and do something different. And you will likely bounce back and forth between information and incubation. Dr. Goswami calls this the dooby dooby do. And that is exactly what you are supposed to do. You're supposed to bounce back and forth between these phases because it allows you to continue expanding the possibilities in the realm of potentiality. They ripple out like a wave. Uh-oh uh-oh, there's that physics. you know, that's what I was referring to, that question, the wave or particle thing. They ripple out like a wave and get bigger and bigger and bigger as your possibilities are expanded in every single direction, even directionless. Like again, the realm of potentiality is, you know, the realm outside of space and time. And so after you've done that for a while, you will have the, you will move into the illumination phase. This is your aha moment. This is your Eureka! I've, you know, done it or found it or whatever he says. And that's your quantum leap in understanding. And <laughs> I hate to tell you this, but sometimes your quantum leap in understanding sends you back to the information phase. That's the first one, right? The preparation phase. Because now you may have the information that you need to ask better questions. You may have the deep understanding that you need to ask better questions. It's like, it's like learning a language in a way, right? Like, Maybe in the future, you will have the ability to do very complex translations, right? But you can't do that without actually learning the basics of a language. So if you needed information to solve your problem that's actually incredibly complex, your first quantum leap may lead you to your deep understanding, a deep like internalization of those basic level foundations. So you can actually go back up into the information and incubation phases and do be do be do some more. So this, I think, is something that we see that happens a lot with our businesses, because our businesses may start out one way, like mine did. It was a content production business, and then it transformed. And now here I am in the branding, marketing, consulting space. But I had to go through phases of understanding and deep internalization of concepts and beliefs in order to reach this point. And that's all part of my creative process and the development of my business. So this aha phase in the third phase of illumination it could be an inner insight or an outer insight. So inner insight is like a new understanding of something and then the outer insight might be a new understanding so you can solve a problem or you know progress or or push the growth of your business. So finally the fourth phase is implementation or manifestation. And so this is where you do the work to bring the aha to life. So with an inner insight you got to embody it. So it's like understanding like for me understanding how mindfulness works and I just I deeply understand it now, but if I don't do the things in my life that that embody it internally and externally, then I'm I'm not finishing out my creative process, which means I will not continue on in my development of mindfulness. An outer insight is when you got to start doing the work in this in the realm of actuality to manifest the aha moment that collapsed into a particle and came to you from the realm of potentiality. And if there are any quantum physicists listening to this, please don't murder me. I'm doing the best that I can. Okay. Just send me a DM and and then maybe I can have you on the show too, but don't, don't murder me. Okay. I'm doing the best I can. (laughs) And then with this one, severe imposter syndrome can get in the way of this because you may experience doubts and even like self like incredulity where you're like, Am I the one who's supposed to do this, really? Like, I just got this brilliant idea. It sounds so big and it sounds so huge. And you're saying right now that I'm the one who's supposed to do this. Nobody else is gonna get this idea. I'm not saying that no one else will get the idea. And if the idea is powerful enough, it could be trying to push its way through to other people. We'll talk about the nature of consciousness and evolution another day, but that can happen. But the likelihood of an exact thought uh, collapsing into a particle if you will in someone else's mind as it did in yours is just so astronomically low so they it may manif- they may do the work to manifest an idea that's similar that came to them but if they do the work to manifest it then they're completing out this cycle of their creative process so Now we're going to spend the rest of the time talking about how you can maximize your own creativity in your business. And you know what? It's hella fun. So, you know, stretch maybe a little bit if you've just been sitting there, if you've been folding laundry or if you've been driving. I want you to smile right now. Smile, because this part is actually a lot of fun. This part is actually a lot of fun. And this is what we're working on in my new membership group. It's called the Quantum Ascension Collective and and this this these are the types of things we're gonna be working on. But one of the big things here is to become aware of how this process, the creative process, looks for you. How does it look for you? What does it feel like when you are ravenous for information? What does it feel like when you do have that downtime? Maybe you go rock climbing or go hiking or you spend some time learning a new hobby, like a musical instrument or painting or something. What does it feel like when you have your aha moment and have you stalled out at the manifestation or, or implementation phase or have you actually followed it through and what were your results? How do those things feel? So that would be, you know, journal around that. I challenge you, I encourage you, I hope you do. Build some downtime into every month, every week and every day. You should have an opportunity to get quiet and settle your mind and listen to your deeper wisdom. Okay, so our unconscious mind collapses those waves of possibility into that particle, right? That particle of a solid idea Oftentimes during our most quiet moments, it will come to you in the shower while you're driving and your mind is drifting while maybe even while you're journaling and you're kind of doing like a stream of consciousness type of thing. And maybe while you're doing something that physically requires some attention, like so for me, it's like cleaning out my my chicken run, scooping out all the old hay and stuff. I get ideas in there all the time because my brain is just floating and it's open to receiving those new ideas. I would highly encourage you to take up meditation if you have not yet. DM me or comment wherever you found the podcast episode, and I'm happy to share some resources with you. That's, you know, it's something else that's been become incorporated into my programs. So, for example, like the Why Workshop, the Self-Paced Why Workshop includes a meditation to help settle your mind and to call up the, the very best creative aspects of you to kind of bring your awareness to that quiet wisdom. Are there any hobbies that you've set aside to be the strong go-getter business owner? Pick those back up. Don't set those aside. Pick, 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 pick them up, I said. Pick those hobbies back. If there's a group of friends that you used to run with, as long as they're not like going to bring you down or anything. But if you haven't made time for your friends, haven't made time to go out and socially interact, you never know who's out there meant to be a synchronous opportunity for you where they will say something and it just unlocks your mind and things tumble into place because of something that they've said. So one of my favorite shows to watch is the is Numbers and Charlie Epps is a applied mathematician and it happens for him all the time. People do stuff and then in the show, he has a aha moment every single episode. I love it. Okay. What was the last time that you mindfully experienced nature? In a walk, on a hike, during a swim, observing a beautiful vista or scene? Uh Get lost in the beauty of something. It it encourages your mind, I think, to think bigger and it it makes you feel expansive and opens you up because, again, you got to be open to receive these aha moments. If you create too many structures and boundaries around how a solution is supposed to look and how it should come to you, you will miss the aha moment and throw it in the trash. And then have you taken the time to address your your mindset weaknesses, your feelings around your own authentic expression, your self-awareness, your imposter syndrome, if you've got perfectionism, if your doubts... Outweigh your belief. Do check out that episode I did on the uh, one thing you need to beat imposter syndrome. You're going to want to take a look at that if you if you experience and wrestle with imposter syndrome. But your your mindset, your ego, and we're we're going to do an episode about the ego here in a bit. But your ego is not the horrible thing that everybody paints it out to be. But it but you need to take care of it. Okay, so that's kind of what I'm talking about here about mindset weaknesses. So that is the episode on maximizing creativity in your business. I'm really looking forward to continuing to explore these concepts with you uh, to help you understand what it takes to be authentic out here in these coaching and consulting streets, all right? And it's, it's incredibly important to get authentic first with yourself. So just make sure that you take the time to do that, hopefully today. If not today, set aside some time this week to... Think about what creativity looks like and what it means to you. So thank you so much for joining me for this episode. I really enjoyed creating this content for you. And I will see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Defy the Quo Biz and the link is in this episode's description. Thanks again and I'll see you next time.